Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host. Thank you for being here with me today on another episode. This episode's a little bit more special than the other ones, but um, special nonetheless. It's um, to first start off my 10-year wedding anniversary, and today's going to be a little bit of a more different talk conversation a little bit, but a little bit of the, the usual still, so I'm, I'm not going to let my fans down. <laughs> um, but you know, let me start off with my normal just song of the day, just to set us off. Um, and it's one of my favorites, and let me just go through that, and it's going to be setting the tone Excuse me for our talk today. a little bit funny this feeling inside I'm not one of those who can easily hide I don't have much money but boy if I did I'd buy a big house where we both could live I was a sculptor, and then I know a man who makes potions in a traveling show. I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, and this one's for you. I love that song. Don't you, everybody? Don't you just love Elton John? I mean, the guy is incredibly talented, and he has created so many incredible songs, just that they really just, like, touch your soul in a way, right? And, you know, there's so much more. There's a lot of songs that I could probably play that I'm probably going to play of Elton John, you know. Um, His songs just have so much warmth, meaning, and they kind of just really help you feel or signify, I don't know the right word. (laughs) They just, they just put those, your words in perspective, your feelings in perspective on, on how you feel towards a situation, um, a person, you know. So as I mentioned, setting the tone for today's talk, it's my 10 year wedding anniversary. And my bride is um, Delia. All right. And uh, I, I really want to take the time a little bit just to talk a little bit about her before we start getting into the normal, you know, other topics that we normally talk about because she is incredibly important in my life. You know, she is a rock to me. She is my wife, my friend, my best friend, I should say, my partner. There's a lot of words we can use, right? Um, and I'm going to tell you a little story about how I met her. And, and I think it's important that we all 
you know, hear this story if you want, because I know each and every one of us kind of goes through our own story of how we meet somebody in our life, how we choose to marry them if you are married, or even how do you choose to be in a relationship with them, right? And I think it's so important to really focus on that and and, and to see kind of where each of us in this world relate, right? Because we all have our own different ways of meeting that special person, right? Where to start? It's such a big story in a way, but I'll try to keep it short, keep us focused on time um, so that you guys are not like bored out of your mind, like, oh, geez, we have to hear about your relationship, you know? Um, Hopefully I'll kind of make it a little more interesting, but sometimes it doesn't really have to be a big story, even though it's nice, right? So most of you out there, you know, you're getting to know me. I will say most of my life up until I met my wife, (laughs) try to rhyme that, um, I was alone. I was alone, everybody. Um, There were some pretty tough times in my life where I seriously searched for that special person. And I went looking. And I know they say, well, you know, you really shouldn't go looking for that person. Um, But some say, yeah, maybe you should go look for that person because they're out there if you really want to find that person. And sometimes, you know, you go searching and you find them. And sometimes you don't. I searched and searched and, you know, I went through the dating game like most. Uh, None really stuck. I had some really bad dates like some individuals have. Um, I remember one time, right, Um, and again, this is not to take focus away from um, my marriage or on how we met, but my 20s were incredibly difficult, right? I only had one girlfriend in my 20s until I met my wife, and I was... About late 20s, 29. And so, 20s was really hard trying to, especially going through college, trying to search for somebody. And it was actually during college that I had one girlfriend and I met her online, actually. Um, I met her through a time where I think it was like through Yahoo chats or yahoo dating i don't even remember to be honest with you they had some type of way to meet people through yahoo and i met her and she was a local and uh, we went on a date and and i'll be honest i'm pretty traditional typical i would say you know and i'm sorry about that something i wish I i could have done better on but i was typical movie Dinner, I know it's kind of boring sometimes. Most girls want a little bit more interesting of a date. But it it didn't seem to affect me. Um, We dated, I don't know, a couple months. It it was just really emotional for me. During those times, I was also really struggling with depression, um, insecurities. I didn't know who I was at that time. I I really didn't. And, you know, I try not to remember her name. Actually, 
try not to remember her name. Um, oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. There was actually one other person before I met my wife. During the time I met my was in my wife um, that I'll talk about. But um, it was during that time of college. I was really focused on school. Um, she was serious in a sense, and I was just unstable at that time, insecure. And, um, I said some things that really kind of messed up our relationship, you know, and, uh, she didn't want to forgive me. She didn't want to take me back or anything, which was fine. It hurt and I got over it. Um, but from that point I went searching for other dates and I went on some dates. I just forget how I met these people. I think I met a lot of them online. Um, there was even some, um, like a voice service, dating voice service where you leave like a, a message about yourself and people will respond. And I met a few people that way. And those were not very memorable dates. One girl I remember specifically, I don't remember her name. It was a local as well. And one of the first comments she said to me was, Oh, I thought you would be much thinner, you know, which I am not 400 pounds people. Okay. I, most of my life I've been, I don't know, chunky, (laughs) I, 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 fat, I, I don't know, you know, and there's a difference between being fat, maybe overweight and then obese. And I'm not obese people, um, have extra pounds on me, but I don't look bad. And I don't think I look bad, but I know I need to lose weight. And that's another discussion for another day. But um, I had a really focus and, and it really bothered me. And it was the one of the one times I did a really crappy thing because I was really hurt. And uh, we, we went to an arcade. And like I said, she was a local girl. And I left her there. Okay. It wasn't my proudest moment people I was like 20 years old and I left her I said you know forget this I I'm not gonna go try to be with somebody or go on a date with somebody who doesn't obviously have an interest in me after seeing me um she could have just cut it short right there when I picked her up at her house and I could have just went on my way but no we went to an arcade or somewhere to a movie we're going to a movie or something but I left her there and that was the end of it she never called me back she never called me cussing me out or anything it was just we just left it at that you know so not my proudest moment i was also early in my 20s after college i would meet again women online um and none of them really serious some of it was just like emails back and forth some chatting on the phone um but not really any dates you know I didn't really have a very big social life. Um, And I tried. I really made a huge effort to really try to meet people. But, you know, nobody was really interested in me. Nobody wanted to really feel like they take the time to get to know me. To feel like I was important enough. So, I just, you know, I lived my life. Went to school. Went to work. You know, I really didn't have a great home life. I had my dad, my mom, my sister at that time. The devil, my grandfather who I lived with for for a time. 
and live with through most of my life. But just in a sense, not that, you know, I want to say I'm embarrassed of my family because I'm not. But to a certain degree, I was embarrassed to bring a date home, so to speak, you know, especially to my father's house, which was a mess, you know, and which was where I lived. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the best place where I want to bring somebody. Um, so I usually stay away. But most of my 20s, like I said, and I know I've repeated that same phrase a few minutes, a few times, but it was a hard time. I try to forget it. When I got older, late 20s, after I had my, so to speak, accident, <laughs> and if you don't know what that means, you'll have to go back to one of my other previous discussions, talks, and know what happened. Um, I tried to refocus my life. I knew I really was making a lot of mistakes in my life. And I was job hopping to a certain degree after that. And so I finally landed on my feet and working at a good place, good company. And this new coworker that I had met, um, her name was Shana. And she had introduced me to my future wife. Now I didn't know her very I didn't know Shana very often very much at first. Um that relationship was in a sense in my opinion probably one of the worst decisions of my life when it comes to letting people in my life. Um although I got to meet my wife that way, you know. It's amazing how much in our lives certain people will come into our life and completely affect it either good or bad, and we have the opportunity or the choice to either reject that or accept it. In this sense, I accepted it. I accepted her friendship, but it was a big mistake because she was very manipulative. She was one of these people that manipulated people that wanted to get her way, okay? She was older than me, but I was somewhat drawn to her kindness in a way. I'm not going to say she was a bad person because, you know, I don't think she was. But something about her friendship really drew me in because no one else was taking the time to befriend me, to want to befriend me, even though I made efforts to befriend people. And I've, I've had problems over my lifetime maintaining friendships, you know. I don't know what it is, folks. I really don't know what it is. I don't know if there's something about me that people don't like. I, something that turns people off. I don't really know. So over the years, I've kind of just stepped back from really making an effort to make friends. You know, I'm married. Yeah, but it's nice to have a good friend that you can talk to once in a while. Maybe somebody that, you know, that you can, you know confide in other than your spouse you know but I don't know deep down maybe it's a good thing because I confide in my wife I tell her how I feel and I I, I don't want to keep secrets from her you know and sometimes that's how it gets like you confide to your buddies and you're 
how you feel about the wife. Hey, the wife is really ball and chain and all that kind of talk. And I know it seems like funny that guys talk about the ball and chain, but it's really not because there are wives, you know. But some guys will say, yeah, man, we're just shooting the breeze, man. We're just we're just shooting talk, man. It doesn't mean anything, but it does. It's words. Words have power. Words have meaning. And we have to remember that, right? So, I, you know, I was there. She befriended me. Before you know it, we started hanging out. Now, mind you, she was married, okay? And she had a... a, a, a a teenage son and a, and a she just had a child a, a year ago before I met her, which was in 2008, approximately. So he was about one or two at that time. Um, so she befriended me. She invited me to her home. I was really naive because there's certain things I learned later on that you should not do. Okay, and she was at fault as well. Now, obviously, I didn't sleep with her or anything like that. Nothing like that, folks. It was strictly a friendship. But it was weird because, you know, her husband was never home a lot. He was a musician, or he is a musician. He would be on the road a lot, and she would be by herself with her sons. And so she invited me, and then we started hanging out. And... She invited me to her apartment, which this is where it gets kind of weird. And most people would probably not would highly disagree with it. And I would disagree with it now if it happened to me. But I would, you know, go visit her at her apartment and we'd spend hours after work and we'd, you know, eat dinner together, watch movies. You know, it was almost like a relationship in a way. And, you know, obviously we didn't do anything. We were just there. Um being friends, right? That's all. Um, in time, and it wasn't even that amount of, later amount of time, it was probably a couple months later after I met her, she introduced me to her friend Delia, my future wife. And Delia was completely different than I am. Okay, and I mean that in a good way. She wasn't from this country, she's Salvadorian. She immigrated over here in the United States in about 2002, right? She was a housekeeper for a very wealthy family in Tarzana. Um, she did speak English, but she had very broken English at that time. Over the years, I've been there to help her since I met her, and her English has improved dramatically because... One of the problems that she had with her English was that no one would speak to her in English. Her friend would always speak, Shayna would always speak to her in Spanish. Because, in my opinion, she was kind of selfish because her friend wanted, Shayna wanted to learn Spanish. So that's why she spoke to her in Spanish to improve her Spanish. But she wouldn't really speak to her in English to help her improve her English, if that makes sense. From the get-go... When she introduced Delia to me, I, I just felt this real connection, this kindness about her. And, she, and you know, to be honest, I, I, it was nice to be able to 
you know, work towards having a relationship with somebody finally. Okay. I took it slow. You know, I was, I was very innocent. Okay. And I mean that I was completely innocent. No real, um, I don't know how to say it, but nothing really under me to, to show that I knew about relationships, right? Some people go in the relationships, relationship after relationship, and they've been in relationships since in high school, and they're comfortable being in relationships. They know the expectations. They know to set boundaries. They know to do other things. I didn't know any of that. No one taught me those things. Because I didn't have a girlfriend. And I tried. If I had gotten somebody, maybe a girlfriend early in my life, maybe in teens, I probably would be a different person today. You know? I don't know. I think part of me believes that if I was somebody who was very experienced in relationships, that maybe I would have not looked at Delia. Maybe I would have felt like, oh, I'll go look for somebody else, you know, because, you know, Delia, you know, as special as she is and how much I love her, you know, she's from very opposite to what's you would call Americanized, right? And not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with being in a relationship, being married to somebody who's not from America, right? They have a very different perspective on things, which is great. Um, some Many times they're not as cynical as Americans, jaded as Americans, because they see things in a different way. And, but she was still very much sheltered in her um, job because she basically worked for, like I said, a very rich, wealthy family, um, rich Jewish family in Tarzana. And pretty much she was at that house cleaning, taking care of their dogs, um, making sure, you know, just being there, you know, six days a week. Sometimes seven. Sometimes their, their, her bosses would go on vacation or go on trips for like three weeks at a time. And she would have to be there. She could not leave. She would obviously have food and everything. But she could not leave. So that's one of the things that I'll go into that made our relationship very difficult. Um, but going back to that friendship, Shayna, and then meeting Delia. It was very new. It was very exciting. And I just, I felt an attraction for her. You know, and I, and I, to be honest, back then, I don't think I looked my best. I don't know. I see pictures of myself and I'm just like, ugh. Blech. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to do that <laughs> sound effects. But, uh, you know, you just see yourself. And I don't know. I think maybe I look worse today. How, who do I know? I think I look okay. But back then, I don't think I looked very good. I don't know. You know, I was still chunky, you know. And 
even though I lost weight back then, because I was really focused on my weight goals and being healthier and something I need to get back into now, you know. But, you know, I really was the big romantic at heart who wanted to show Delia who I could be romantically. Um, So I think our first date, I took her on a gondola ride in Long Beach. And you may say, wow, that's nice. You know, that's very romantic. Yeah, it was. And it was very innocent, sweet. It was just a nice time. And it played Italian music in the background. And it was just a very nice time. And I think we had to, we went to dinner. I, I, I try to remember. My memory is not as good as it once was. <laughs> um, but it was just a very beautiful memory. You know, and I still have a picture from that day. And I took her, I think a few years later or a year later after we were in a relationship for a while, I took her back to the gondola. And it was a different, very nice experience, still romantic. But again, I I was very much a traditional type individual when it came to our relationship. Movies, you know, dinner. Our time was very short, to be honest with you guys. So, like I said, she worked in that home. And she worked in that home up until 2012, which was two years past when we were married. And it was a full-time live-in job, right? Now, some of you may think, oh, wow, wow, man, you're married and she was still living there, working there, you know, six days a week almost, How'd you do it? And it was tough, guys. I did visit her on the weekends when they were away. And we'd spend time our time together. And really, it was just like stuck at home. <laughs> you know, in a big mansion. You know, um, which was nice. It was a mansion, but it wasn't like a mega mansion. But it was still a mansion. A good-sized mansion. Um, so we would watch movies, eat dinner, spend time together. You know, um... You know, before our relation, before we got married, that's how I really couldn't go in the house because um, her bosses wouldn't allow it because obviously she's not married. She shouldn't. They didn't want some her bringing guys to the house, which was understandable. And and I and I get it. It's their house. I respect the rules. So sometimes, you know, I would stop by just to visit her. You know, um, we would sit in my Mustang eat dinner in the car, talk, listen to music. And she would bring me, you know, she'd make me dinner, you know, would she'd eat me, make me like pizzas or different kinds of food. Um, you know, we would just be together, you know, um, for a few hours sitting there. Um, when we, when she wasn't, when we weren't married and that happened all the way from 2008 when we met all the way up until our marriage in 2010. So, I mean, it wasn't a huge, long wait, but it was still hard. One of the hardest things that we had to deal with is Shana's involvement in our relationship. Now, I I have to say that Shayna was Dahlia's friend first. Okay, obviously. They were friends for many years. 
Shayna was very protective of Dahlia. When we got in a relationship, she was very protective and she almost, she basically tried to divide us many times. So she would, you know, I don't know what it was. She tried to break us up. We actually did break up for a short period of time because I just, you know, she got in the middle of us and we, we allowed it. Me and Delia were very naive in the beginning of a relationship. Both of us have never been in real relationships. Delia came from a very different culture. Okay. You know. She had a very specific taste in guys. And she was very, very picky. Okay. Now, what made me different from guys in her country is that, well, I'm American. Um, we have a different outlook on how we treat people. Whereas, and this is just my opinion, that in her country, it just appeared that many times in El Salvador, the men there, they just wanted sex. And I know that's what many men want, you know, because it's only natural, right? But in her country, what would happen, and I know it happens here, obviously, but, you know, if she had gotten with some guy, you know, and the guy just wanted sex, and let's say she let it happen and she got pregnant, nine times out of ten, the guy would book it. He would just leave. He wouldn't stick around for a pregnancy. It's, it's a third world country, people, you know. You know, people can barely feed themselves. How, how are they going to, you know, bring a, a child into the world? But people do it. I mean, people do it out of love with other people. But people always make, people make mistakes just like they do here, in a sense, you know. They have children out of wedlock, right? And it's a very tough situation. Except here, we have a lot more choices. There, they don't. There... And I'm not to get off topic, but there, abortion is completely illegal there. Completely. And I, I'm guessing to a certain degree, I'll have to do my research, but if somebody was to do an abortion there, it would probably have to be for extreme circumstances. Extreme, extreme, extreme. Not like here, okay? Where you can get an abortion very easily, right? But... There, you know, and, and Delia was not going to take that chance. She was focused on her job, her career. She was not going to let some man jack that up for her, right? So she was smart about that. But going back to the relationship with Shayna, Delia, and me, it happened where things got very tense, divisive. We were... She was very manipulative to me and Delia, but we also fell for it. So it's our fault as well. So there was a lot of division. There was a lot of headache, stress. And eventually I just had to call the, I had to call it off. I had to call off the relationship. And it was very hard because I felt horrible about it. And so I did. But I couldn't, I didn't want to be away from her, you know. I wanted to be in her life. So what we did is, you know, we made it appear that we weren't together just to appease Shayna, make her seem like 
we were broken up. And then slowly but surely I, I re-entered her life, you know. Eventually, unfortunately, I couldn't avoid Shayna. And, you know, she's not in, Shayna's not in our life anymore. I actually, in 2005, right before my mother died, I ended that friendship. We did, actually, you know. And so it's been very quiet. It's been very peaceful. And we were able to move on. And, you know, we do talk about her from time to time as a me and her about the times that we went through. Um, we don't make contact with that family. Because when, when we ended that friendship, it ended not just Shana's friendship. It ended a friendship with her parents, her relatives, Anybody connected to Shana, those people all went away. So they were, they're probably about, I would say, 80% of the people at our wedding were Shana and her family and anybody related to Shana's family that we invited or friends. They are not in our life anymore. And it's my belief that once we broke that friendship, she, Shana called up everybody, told them what happened. She'd probably spin the story in her own way about something, you know, to make her seem like the victim because that's what she was. She always tried to play the victim. And that's what me and Delia fell for most of the time is falling for her victim. She was the one being hurt. We always had to be the one to apologize. We always had to be the one to make amends. Always. In the years that I knew her, she never said sorry once. For the things she did, that she did. You know? So, it was time. It was time. We had to move on. Um, and it's been okay since then. So, but before that, you know, before, after we got back together, slowly rebuilt our relationship. Eventually, we let we went back into Shana's life stupidly. Even though I should have ended that friendship way back then, and eventually there was still that manipulation going on. But me and me and Delia really made, were stronger at trying to combat those kind of things. Um, eventually, we got married October second, two thousand ten, and. You know, I, I'll be honest, I didn't buy her the most expensive ring. That's one thing that probably would have had any woman drop me is if I didn't give her a big rock. And to be honest, I didn't make a lot of money back then. It's not like I make a ton of money now, but I do okay better now than I did back in 2010. But I still loved her and I still wanted to give her a life. And I think that's all too often that People today, they want to wait for that perfect moment. Like, oh, we're making this amount of money. Oh, we're, we're great. You know, and that's nice and all. But time just passes you by. And eventually, many times people just fall out of love. They're like, well, you know, luckily I didn't get married, right? You know, um, I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want to just keep waiting and waiting. The difference is also, folks, is that my wife has, there's an age difference between us. Okay. 
she's a nine-year difference. All right? Nine years. So I know that's a big difference. You know, we had our daughter late in her life, you know, you know, a few years after we got married in her 40s. Thank God our baby was healthy and happy and still is to this day. And she's our only daughter, which will probably be our only daughter. We don't plan to adopt or anything, but uh, and we're okay with that. I know she wanted to give me more children in this life. She always talked about having two or three kids. And it hurts her to this day to think about it. And I tell her not to focus on that. We have our life together with our daughter. You know? And we have to think about that. Yes, we could adopt. Do I want to adopt? I don't know if I want to adopt. And it's not because I don't want to help other kids or... I don't want to have a bigger family. It's kind of just because I like the way things are now, you know, and I'm okay with that. You know, kids are expensive. You know, there is a very big emotional toll to taking care of kids. And especially if you adopt, it's you don't know what toll those other kids are going to bring on your life. And if you have a lot of patience and time and you have a fairly strong life where you're able to support them financially and in good ways, great. More power to you. I don't think I have that right now. You know, I don't think so. And I'm not willing to put somebody else in my life to to make it harder on myself and everyone. And then it's going to be hard on that child and they're not going to have the life that I would want them to have, you know. So it's not saying that I wouldn't love that child. Of course I would. Of course I would love that child. But that's just, you know, everyone has their reasons, right? So, finally we, you know, asked Delia to marry me. And, you know, oh, before that we uh, um, actually um, asked her to be my girlfriend. And I believe that was on... June 30th, 2008. Yeah. June 30th, 2008, I believe. I'm trying to remember. It was either June 30th or July 18th. <laughs> One of those two dates. And I asked her to be my, my girlfriend at a very fancy restaurant in Hollywood. Yomashima. So, something like that. It was some. It's very fancy. <laughs> so I wanted her to... And I was a big spender back then. I still am to, to a certain degree today. But um, back then I just wanted to wine and dine her. You know? Make her feel good. Um, and special. And I think that's one thing she remembers about our relationship. Is everything I, I did in our relationship. Um, to, to make her feel special. And I still do it today. But it's different, as many of you who are married know, okay? But, you know, thinking about those times, I think about those very happy times, very sad times. Because me and Delia struggled with our relationship at that time. Because it was all still very new. But after that, we I proposed 
you know, to Dahlia. Um, 2010. So early in 2010, I forget. I think it was in April of 2010. I took her to um, California Adventure, Disneyland. And I was going to propose inside California Adventure Disneyland, but I just never found the moment. I, I you know, I'm very shy. I, it's hard for me just to, you know, be in the middle of Disneyland and propose, you know, get on one knee and all that. And I know guys do it and they have no problem doing it and, that, and good for them, right? I, that wasn't me. And it's not because I was embarrassed or anything like that. I just, you know, it just, I had to find the right moment. So after, you know, we took a walk and I, I we, there, um, went to the California Adventure Hotel just to walk around and I found a very nice quiet place that I proposed to her there. And, um, and she said yes, obviously, but, um, and she was, you know, very happy and, um, gave her her ring and I thought it was very special, you know. And um, from there, we just start planning as much as we can, getting her dress. It was very stressful for her. I'll tell you that. She, my wife, didn't have a lot of support for people wanting to help her find a dress, do certain things. And that's something I feel very bad about. She didn't really have the best people in her life. Although I was there, of course. And I'm talking about other outside friends who are supposed to play the supportive role for you. And I try to be a support to her. My mom did. My sister did. But it's it wasn't the same. Her family is not here. And they have not been here. Her family still lives in El Salvador. You know. So it was very hard in that moment to, to go through being married here and not have her family physically here. Right. So we got married in, um, in her church, her Spanish speaking church. And I attended there too, although I don't speak Spanish. Um, I would sit there and listen, but I, or I would listen to my own service through my phone. Um, and it was her home church, and I, I consider it part of my home church too because I do have good memories there. And it was, um, Tabernaculo Batista, Los Angeles, on Washington. Pastor Carlos, and um, church was. You know, it's South L.A. <laughs> what can I say, right? Um, on the second floor of like a shopping center. It's a very Hispanic um, populated area, as you can imagine. And the pastor, you know, he married us. He, you know, it was a very nice, intimate venue. It wasn't fancy. It was not fancy at all. And and there, and I'm not saying that to to put down my wedding. It wasn't. It just wasn't fancy. And that, I guess that, that was okay. I would have loved to give my wife a fancy wedding. But I didn't have $20,000, folks, to, to give a nice wedding. I didn't have $20,000, dollars $50,000 like some people have. 
to to get married, right? And you know, maybe you, many of you feel like, hey, you cheated your wife, man. You you didn't give her her special day. I would say pictures and the moment say otherwise. Some people get married in Las Vegas, and they're still married to this day, and and you know. And yes, the place matters or where you get married. It's nice if you get a big married, big fancy hotel or hall or something like that. But not everybody can afford those big places. And I, I definitely could not. Right? So, though that church is still around, obviously. Still exists today. We don't attend there because we just live too far away. But... It was a very special moment. Me and Delia, or I did anyways, got baptized right before our wedding. Um, I think Delia got baptized too. I think it was me that got baptized because she was already baptized. And that was been very, very important because I forget, I, I'm sorry, I'm leaving out the most important part of our, our marriage, which is God. Okay? God has been the center of our relationship. Jesus right and we got married in a christian church and yes we've had hardships in our life yes we struggled a lot of that had to do with me i put that blame on myself so my wife left her job in 2012 as a housekeeper, she was actually fired when my wife and I got pregnant with our daughter. Her boss let her go. See you later. Send her packing. And that was, we never saw those people after that. It was in July of 2012. Our daughter was born January of 2013. All right. And it was devastating for her. Because she was with that family, I think, close to nine years. And they could care less. They have money. They have wealth, prestige. What do they care about, you know, some immigrant from El Salvador? They have, we have, she had no value to them, you know, anymore. Because she was pregnant, right? So, during that time... My wife, you know, took her home. We had our apartment in Temple City. She, um, she just, you know, I took care of her. till, you know, obviously, you know, we eventually moved from Temple City over to the city we're at now. And took care of her until she had our daughter. During that time, until recently, until about a year ago, she's basically taking care of our daughter. Been there full time for her. While I've taken care of the family, worked two jobs, sometimes three. And I'm not saying that because I'm complaining. I'm not saying that because I have resentment. I'm saying that because that was a reality of our life. I did what I had to do to make sure that my wife and daughter had that bond, had that relationship, that we didn't just pass our daughter off to some daycare and let them worry about them. And I know parents do it every day. And I know that sometimes it's not a choice they have. Sometimes they have to because they have no other choice. But we, our logical thinking was this, okay? You can either go to, you know, go to work if you want. 
send our daughter to daycare. We'll spend about four six hundred dollars on daycare, which will probably take half of her income, my wife's income, because she probably wouldn't have made very much. Or you stay home. I'll work extra hard for us. Yes, we will struggle a little bit. And it'll be hard at first, but we'll make it. And we did. And our daughter and our is much happier because I believe our daughter is much more balanced, much has a stronger foundation because we were there for her. Right? So one of the things I want to play for you, and I, I know I haven't played a song yet, is our song that really signifies like our relationship during the time that we are together, even our marriage. Um, it's a very special song. It's by a group called Breathe. It's called Hands to Heaven. I know it's a little sappy, but I think um, you'll like it. And I think it's important to really reflect how we felt because this song is, has very a lot of significance towards us. So here it is. So this song was very special to us and the words have a lot of significance to us, how we were going through, how we felt and because there was hardship in our life. There was hardship in our relationship and I didn't want to give up and she didn't want to give up and we probably, and I guarantee you if it was anybody else in my life, she would have been long gone because there's no way she would have been put up with this you know you know some of the things that we've gone through things decisions I've made to try to help better our life but some of those decisions failed were things like you know draw leaving my jobs and going to school to you know try to get a go for some additional training that didn't work out so I ended up coming back I didn't have a job at, right away so I had to wait and we lived in my dad's house which, in my opinion, it's kind of the house of hell because that's where all those things happened. 
And for those who don't know, I told you in a previous pod, just kind of things that happened in that house, you know, spiritually wise, and you know how we lived. And any other person would not probably want to deal with that. They probably would have divorced and they probably would say, you know what, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going to go move in with my other mom, my other dad, and have a better life with them, you know. But she didn't. She was kind of stuck, actually. But, and I hope she, she knows, I hope there wasn't any resentment there. I don't think so. But, you know, it's not something I wanted for her. You know, I wanted to give her a better life. I just struggled. And, you know, but it, but it all worked out, right? During the time, I forgot to mention that we were broken up. Um, Shayna said, hey, you know what? Why don't you go meet somebody at church? And they had like a singles thing there at church. And I met somebody. And I was almost going to be in a relationship with her. But something in my heart told me that I needed to like let that go. And it was something in my mind and my heart. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't drop it. Um, she was a nice girl in my opinion. I think we were moving way too fast. You know, we weren't doing anything, you know, sexual or anything like that. Nothing like that. Um, but the relationship was starting to move really fast. And I don't know if I got scared, but I, I just felt like, hey, why am I, I? I need to be with Delia. I need to be with her, you know. So I, I just broke it off, you know. And it was fairly going okay. But some of the struggles we had to go through, or I had to go through with her and us together. And even today, marriage isn't perfect. For many of you know, some of you have been divorced out there. Some of you are on the verge of divorce. Some of you struggle every day, but you still stick together with your partner. And you get through those issues. You talk about it. You fight about it. You make up about it. And you get through it. Everyone's going to be different. I can't really judge those who, who say, you know, got divorced. Because I don't know your situation. I really don't know. Some of those situations that people go through that get divorced are pretty horrible situations. There's things like abuse going on. And I would never recommend anybody staying in those kind of relationships. I know Christian philosophy, so to speak, dictates otherwise. That they say you should really stick it out. You know, you should really like if they, even if your partner cheats on you and it's adultery, yes, you do have a right to... uh, you know, get a divorce, but you really shouldn't. You should really try to work it out, right? Very hard to do sometimes. I've never cheated. I never planned to cheat. Um, Never, right? But I'll say this. I have seen men say that I will never cheat on my wife and little Miss Hottie comes by in his life, that person's life, and he falls hard. And she walks away. And then the marriage is destroyed. And a family gets destroyed. And I've seen it by other families happen just like that. And I don't want to live like that. Because it will destroy a family. Destroy it. Literally. And never be the same. 
my daughter, wife look up to me, although I'm imperfect. My daughter especially thinks I'm her hero, you know. Probably when she gets older, she may say otherwise, but right now she thinks I'm her hero, you know. She said, she says, I'm the best dada ever. Now she's, she's, I don't know why she says that, but she's daddy. <laughs> you know, she's trying to say daddy. She knows how to say daddy, but she likes to use that word dada. You know, I don't know, like little baby or something, but <laughs> I don't know if she jokes or what, but she says, dada, you're the best daddy ever. The best. I'm like, and sometimes I say, um, there's better fathers out there. <laughs> I guarantee it. But she gets mad when I say that. You know, because I believe that there are better fathers out there than me. Ah, man. So, hopefully you got enough of, like, my life. <laughs> let's turn the page for a second. And let's talk about a little bit about what's going on in the world today, briefly, before we end our pod. And... You know, let, let's start with a current event. How about that, right? So current events today. That's like, a, you know, Telegram. But um, Telegram, what's going on today is still working, thank God. Teaching, thank God. Um, getting busier every day at work, thank goodness too. I don't like being incredibly slow at work although a little breather here and there is fine um and you know no complaints i'm i'm gonna be going on three months october 8th you know so that's next week folks <laughs> um it's been it's been a good ride you know and i'm happy about it you know, so I can't complain. I have great people to work with, intelligent, hardworking people um, that I'm working around that working, well, not physically, but <laughs> in a virtual kind of way. But um, they've been, they're wonderful people. And, um, you know, I don't want to jinx myself, you know, especially with the job in November that I lost in November of last year. You know, I said these are great people too, but that doesn't really matter because of the, some of the people you work with, like your coworkers, if the boss says you're gone, you're gone, right? Not a lot you can do about that. I will say this, the people that you thought that are good, your coworkers, especially last November, you never hear from them again, many cases. Sometimes just talking too much, right, folks? <laughs> Hopefully you guys out there don't get bored of me. Um, I see people downloading my app, um, my pods, so different ones. So hopefully you guys listen to me. Hopefully you're like, oh, we, I got this guy on mistake. You know, this guy's boring. You know, again, I tell you out there, folks, I am not Joe Rogan. I am not some famous celebrity. I'm just an average Joe, right? So hopefully you listen and you can relate to the things I'm talking to you and hear me out. Because um, that's what I hope for, you know. But let's get started in a moment with our next song. I only have a little short time left before we get into the other topics of the day. But let's play this song. It's, it's one I don't think I was thinking of playing at first. Um, but I think it's very significant. 
to that time and even somewhat to today if you were to fill in the blanks to what's going on today, right? So I guess you, I don't want to say it's a political song. It's really not. I don't think so anyways, but I think it's just a song about the times, right? So let's play it, right? This is Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire. You know, I don't know. I know the piano man is very well loved and I I like his songs. I just I don't know him very often, you know. You know, I know he's been around a long time. So, um but this song I particularly like, you know. You know, you most of you who listen to my pods know I like a variety of music. I like Genesis, Phil Collins, you know, I like a lot of the 80s and 90s because that was my era. You know, I, I lived through those. I'm, you know, 2000s were crap for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> those were not great years. I try not to remember those years. But, um, but you know, what's going on today, right? So for many of you who are aware that COVID is continuing to ravage our country. Although people will say, you know, it's not really as bad as you think. You know, it's a it's a zero 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 point one um, death rate, right? <laughs> and um, I know I was joking, um, but not joking about the deaths, of course, but joking because people make it a joke 
that they attach a statistic to all those 200,000 plus people who have passed due to COVID, right? And as many of you know, our President Trump and his many of his staff, Senate, um, were recently tested positive for COVID. And I'm not going to dance in those moments where I wish him harm because I don't. And I don't think anybody should. Because COVID is not going to discriminate against anybody, folks. It doesn't matter who you are. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, whatever. It will get you if it will get you. Now, I'll say this. there Could it be a lot better? Could it have been less dangerous if we had done our part back in January, February? Probably not. We could have avoided lockdowns and all that if we had weared masks, if we had a president who focused on the health side, the science side of the virus instead of, you know, joking about it or limiting its, you know, importance. You know, and I get it that many times the media blows up things to great proportions, but it was still, it's still a dangerous virus regardless. And people need to do their part. Wear your mask. It's not forever, folks. It's not forever. And we need to remember that. A vaccine's on the way, although a vaccine probably won't be available fully until early next year. But we can get through that time if we do our part. You know, and I know people like to justify it. Well, this person died because he's obese. Well, this person died because, you know, you know, really he died because he has diabetes, you know, uh, or he has, uh, you know, cancer or whatever, you know, or he had it, you know, that, that doesn't take away the fact that this person died due to COVID along with those pre-existing conditions who just made the condition worse, folks, okay? And we have to remember that. I'm tired of talking about it. Really, I'm fed up. Uh, People I know are tired of hearing about it too. But we must do our part if we're going to get through this as a country. Voting time is here, folks. I encourage everyone to vote. Get out there and vote. Do it safely, of course. If you want to mail your vote, yeah, you have the opportunity to do that. In many countries, excuse me, many states and counties. But if you feel confident that you can go to the polls, do it safely, which I believe it can be done, go to the polls. Get your vote in, get it done, move on, and let's change the course of our country for the better, right? Look, I, you know me out there that if we get another four years with Trump, I will tell you this, and I'm not blowing this out of proportion. Fascism will come into play in this country. You will lose your rights. It's already happening, okay? You think the Supreme Court is not willing to take away your rights, like your health insurance, or those who have uh, Obamacare, 
or overturning Road versus Way, which I understand that as a Christian, you know, you may say, well, Joseph, don't you want that overturned? Yes and no. And I'll tell you why. God's in control of everything. Is abortion going to go away in this country? It's not. And we'll be foolish to think it is. And that's what many Christians are pushing for. Like, abolish, just abolish it. Abolish abortion. Yeah, I know. For many conservatives out there, and they would want that. You know, but there are people who will suffer. There There will be people who will be going back to those back alley abortions. And if you think people are not willing to do that, to get rid of a child that they don't want, think again. So abortions are probably not going to go away because people need to do it in a safe manner, so to speak. You know, I don't agree with abortions, you know, but you know what? God gave us free will, right, everybody? He gave us the free will to do things in our life but not free from consequences. So there is when when a woman has an abortion, which I don't know because I'm not in a I'm not a woman. There's probably a very strong and difficult mental and emotional part when a woman has an abortion that will affect her for the rest of her life. You know? The what if, you know, and, and it's a, it's going to be a question. Some women are, could think, hey, you know, I don't want to have a child. Not at this point in my life. I can't take care of a child. Okay. Use protection. Don't have, prevent mistakes. And I know that's not the only reason, you know, things happen. I, I get it. You know, there's also things like rape, you know, incest. Horrible things like that happen to women that cause them to get pregnant. But if you're with your boyfriend and you're not being protected or girlfriend or whatever. And you let it slip. Oops. Sorry. Made a mistake. Well, that's your child. Okay. There are things in place to protect us from those things. Contraceptives, obviously. So use them. They're not very expensive, folks, you know, but I think people forget that and people get lazy and selfish, you know, and, you know, if people just did that, you know, probably imagine how many pregnancies people could have prevented, you know. Yes, those children who died due to abortion innocently are in heaven right now. You know. But they could have been it could have been prevented, you know, from even that that being that person going through that, right? Because that's what they are. They're a person at conception, right? That's what I believe. Anyways, some believe that they're just a cell, that they don't have feelings. You know, it's life. It is life at conception. Let's remember that, folks. That is a life growing inside you. Regardless if it has a face or not. But anyways, you know, where are we headed for this country, right? 
where are we headed? Pretty scary. Kind of really unknown right now who's going to be your future president. It's, you know, if you look at the national polls, you know, Biden's in leading. But I don't fully believe in polls. I believe they can be very somewhat deceptive because of what happened in 2016, folks, right? But God's in control. Whether we get Trump or Biden, we just have to deal with it, unfortunately. And each person is going to have their own faults. My belief that, you know, it is possible civil war could break out here. Racism is on the rise. Hate is on the rise. Anti-Semitism is on the rise. White supremacy is on the rise. A lot of those issues are coming to the surface again. Um, I heard a statistic, I think, in Los Angeles or South Los Angeles. There's been an increase of about 40% of gun-related deaths in that in South Los Angeles, a part of town that I used to live in. Okay. Pretty scary. And it was random, they said. It wasn't like gang members shooting each other. That's part of it. But it's just random shootings. Kids, adults, grandpa, grandma getting shot with random gun violence, right? What the hell's happening to our world? Seriously. Just getting worse and worse. I don't know. But anyways, folks. So much to go out there. I really just wanted to go over today and talk about anniversaries, marriage, the importance of marriage, relationships, hardships. A little bit of politics today. I know today is a little bit different. But thanking everyone for always sticking with me all the time, you know. Always. Um, Last week I was so ticked off because what happens on my phone is that if somebody tries to do a FaceTime and it's usually for my daughter, it's not me, it completely shuts off my app here. It stops everything. So I was pretty ticked off because luckily I, I did a whole pod mostly and then that happened and it was my fault too because I didn't I forgot to shut off FaceTime for somebody calling in. And so then I had to stop it, I had to record it, and then I had to start finish my pod on a second part two. And it just didn't come out the way clean wise that I wanted to in one pod. You know, so but people apparently still downloaded it. So I guess they didn't really care. Um But anyways, folks, you know, other than that. Just wishing you a great weekend. Lots of peace. Um, Remembering what's important in this life. Family, friends, love. The people in your life. To stay in contact with them. Staying healthy. Staying free. Listen to great words of Elton John. Go buy his soundtracks. I, You'll feel a lot better, people. Any one of these artists that I played today, you'll feel a lot better than what's going on in today's 
world of turning on the news. There's one thing I, I forgot to mention is that I think I mentioned last week I I deleted my Twitter, deleted my Facebook. The only thing that I really have a problem with the turning off is the news, folks. I gotta get that out of my way because I don't want to watch the news. <laughs> it's it's too divisive. So each of you out there who listen, I thank you. I thank you for taking the time to hear me out. Follow me. Follow me, folks. I'm thanking you. Have a great week. Until once again, thank you for joining me on Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Take care and God bless.